the power of listening during anxious times. On episode number 10 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. The sign that I was looking for, Brad, God has revealed. Nothing is impossible apart from God. If the pandemic did not kill the church, certainly this certainly a postponed general conference or division over human sexuality should not dismantle the church. Do you hear me? You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people. Welcome back to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius Tremble. My name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. It is my pleasure to have a conversation with Bishop Tremble on a regular basis about things that matter in the church and in faith and in our society. And and today we're going to take a moment to talk about listening, to talk about listening. So that means we need to take some moments to reflect about what it means to be a good listener, to do that in terms of our life together. Bishop, the reason why I bring this up is because recently here in Indiana, where where you and I are located at, uh, you have had some listening sessions with folks in our church, both uh, online and in person. And I'll just read kind of the description of what these are about. Then I'd like for you to comment about what these were all about. It was said that this was an opportunity to hear from Bishop Trimble about his vision and hopes for the United Methodist Church and the Indiana Conference. And he will also speak about the delay in general conference and how we can serve faithfully moving forward. So, Bishop, tell us a little about your experience that you've had recently with these listening sessions. Thank you, Brad, and blessings to all who are uh, will receive this podcast. You know, it's been said that, you know, we've been given one mouth, but two ears. And sometimes we utilize the one mouth in excess and not the two ears sufficiently. One of the things I know God has been working with me since I've been in ministry is to really to work on becoming a better listener. I've been married. Uh, uh, we've, we've been married going on 43 years. And, and I know that's something in, in those those persons who are married or in relationships understand that listening is so critically important to a healthy relationship. And as a, a servant leader in the United Methodist Church, a presiding bishop, a resident bishop in Indiana, I, I know that uh, I spent a good deal of time listening, but probably not enough, particularly during times like we've been living through two years of pandemic, social disruption, and the postponement now of our the general conference, the four-year meeting of the United Methodist denomination. Uh, so people are uh, are experiencing some angst, 
people concerned about the survival of their own local congregations, uh, having gone through two years of pandemic with a downturn in attendance. So it's been, it's important in this season for me as a bishop to encourage people both to continue to pay attention to our spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and listening and meditation, but also to hear from people about the concerns that upon that are on their heart. And so that's what I've been attempting to do in the recent weeks and we'll be doing uh, leading up and beyond uh, the Holy Holy Weekend of Easter weekend. Before we get into some of the details of the actual listening sessions that we are talking about here, give me some of your context, either biblically or meditatively, and some of the other things in the Bible. What are some things that kind of help give you a framework for a listening here? I think uh, Psalm 46, which is Psalm 4610, which is on the wall in two different places in our home, including my home study. God speaks through the psalmist and says, be still and know that I am God. Uh, and I think that is an invitation for us to just listen for the presence of the Holy, the presence of God. Too often, before any great work has been done, there's been a period of prayer and, and, and listening, listening for the voice voice of God, whether it's Nehemiah and rebuilding the walls or or the invitation in Second Chronicles for, for us to, to come before God in a time of prayer. But I think the, the Psalms in particular I think speak to me in terms of the need to to listen and be aware of the presence of God and the presence of the Holy. Hard to hear anyone, let alone God, if we're not still from time to time. So what led you then in this process from your biblical framework and from your own uh, background, you mentioned about marriage and so on, what were some of the uh, pressure points, if you will, that led to have a couple of listening sessions to really directly listen to folks in the in the pews, in the churches. I know you had one online and one in person. Maybe there are some other sessions as well, but what kind of led to that? Uh, well, we've had, right now we've had two, two, two online and one in person. And every single district, uh, uh, the way the Indiana Conference is set up, we have 10 districts throughout the state, and there will be opportunities for persons to be engaged in, in these listening conversation question sessions with their conference superintendents. And I think when the United Methodist Church announced the General Commission that its quadrennial meeting would be postponed, once again, this is the third postponement of a general conference that was scheduled to take place in 2020. The The level of angst and, and ambiguity was raised because people were anticipating at this coming general conference that matters that had divided the church regarding human sexuality would finally be resolved and there would be a graceful uh, process for exiting for those churches or individuals who felt that they couldn't remain in a church where there was this ongoing division around inclusion. So because of that, you know, when there's a, when there's a postponement and there's a lack of information being shared, people tend to fill that void with all kinds of voices. And Brad, you know more, uh, more, more than most that with the onset of social media, there's so many ways in which people communicate rapidly and people get lots of information, some of it's, some of it's uh, truthful and some of it's maybe partially truthful, 
and some of it's not really helpful, particularly to, I think, many of our laity who are simply wanting to wanting to know whether there's a decision that they have to make in their local congregations or what is the big ruckus about. So mm-hmm. uh, this, this means that listening, uh, listening and providing clear information around our purpose, our vision, our commitments as a United Methodist Church, and also not to be, uh, not to be overly critical of, of others who may make a decision or critical at all of others who've made a decision that there's another path where God is leading them. So, so that's the purpose of, of, of engaging. And it does seem like the delay of General Conference for third time trigger point. It was a point way kind of went too far for people to, to have to were kind of trying to put their anxieties in check. It just kind of, okay, we need some straight answers here. We need some answers, period. So what were some of the, uh, what did you learn at these listening sessions? Uh, what, uh, what were the points that people were feeling stress at? Or what were the, some of the questions that were asked of you? I think uh, one of the questions was asked, are we, re- are we required to make a decision before annual conference? And my answer is there's no decision that you're required to make at all. Uh, churches can continue to do their ministry as they're currently doing. But if churches uh, have discerned or if there's a sense in the church that we f- we feel that the United Methodist Church is headed in the wrong direction or we feel that there's too much too much ambiguity. We have rules that are in our book of discipline that some people don't want to abide by. Some churches are feeling like, hey, we need to have clarity around this and we need to have an option because there's been an invitation to join another movement with the announcement of the Global Methodist Church launching May the 1st. Right. So uh, so I think that 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 kind of that has added to the angst and the questions that people have. So another question people asked me was, what what's the why do we have to pay something if we are disaffiliating? Why do we have to pay the conference uh, this calculated amount of money. And people don't often think of it this way, Brad, but I say, think about the widows and the orphans uh, in the Bible, you know, the book of James, the book of Acts, book of Deuteronomy, talk about care. So our pension plan, our, our obligations as an annual conference, care for persons who are surviving spouses, retirees, uh, again, you know, the widows and the orphans, if you will, uh, from the biblical perspective, our connectional church because of the great ability of many, many, many contributing to one, one pool of, of, of support in our pension, that means that for people often think about just their church and their current pastor, but you think about all of the church pastors that have served and, this, and the spouses and families that were supported by that. So that's the reason we're not, we're, we're, conferences are not trying to make money on churches leaving. We don't really want we don't want churches to leave, but if churches do leave, we do want to make sure that our what, what is called the unfunded liability is cared for. So part of it is, if I'm understanding you correctly, is what people just wanted to know was process one, some timeline as well as well as kind of some of the uh, the nuts and bolts and dollars of cents of you know what in the world is happening here and what do we need to do? What are there actions we need to take like right now regarding things or can things play out a bit? And do you do you feel like in reading the temperature of the room of the rooms emotionally and 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 otherwise, 
was or were these questions able to be addressed? Were people open to receiving the information? Was there uh, curiosity, defensiveness? Uh, to just share with me a little bit how how it went. All of the above and then some, <laughs> but but I would say I'd say anxiety was lowered having heard from their bishop, and anxiety was lowered because I said there's nothing that we need to rush to do. There there will be churches that will disaffiliate this June at our annual conference. Nine did so last annual conference. We we prayed for those churches uh, who have gone independent or who may be anxiously waiting to join the Global Methodist Church or, or, or some other, uh, some churches have left to join the Free Methodist Church. Uh, so so there's, no, there's no rush. And even if churches don't complete the process, if they discern that they, that they want to separate or disaffiliate, there will, be enough, there will be other opportunities after annual conference, next annual conference, and leading up to the general conference. And hopefully some will just, some churches may just wait, uh, wait to discern what happens after the 2024 general conference. So even though there is a time of anxiety, even though there is this open-ended thing of no decision being made this year, 2022, or next year, 2023, or until the fourth quarter or third quarter, at least, of 2024, that's a long ways off for a lot of folks. Message I'm hearing you say that you're trying to share is let's continue to, to work the process. And if you want to engage in the process of disaffiliation, you can, and and there's means to do that. I'm sure there's um, links and what have you to, to help people to do that. Is that helpful? Is that kind of what went on a little bit there? Yeah, I, I think I think it might have been Home Depot. They used to have a model, you can do it and we can help. Uh, if, if, if you're choosing to disaffiliate, contact your conference superintendent in, in the annual conference. We can help you do that. If you're choosing just to become a stronger local congregation, small membership church or large membership church, and you want to really ramp up your focus on your purpose and your mission, we can help with that as well. So we have not stopped the work that we're doing through congregational development, leadership development, in terms of encouraging and equipping our, our laity and our clergy, the Board of Laity continues to focus on this as well. So, so uh, churches need not be dormant uh, because one thing that we, it has been proven, and I, I shared this in the sessions and I will continue to share this, is that the sign that I was looking for, Brad, God has revealed. Nothing is impossible apart from God. If the pandemic did not kill the church certainly this certainly a postponed general conference or division over human sexuality should not dismantle the church do you hear me if two years of pandemic i mean you would think that and and some sometimes we had some of the more strict restrictions of any institution in society were congregations which previously really we we had depended on a on the gathering body of Christ. Now we have learned that even as the scattered body of Christ, and now we can reach even more people because of the various social platforms, uh, platforms, online platforms that are available to us. Well, you certainly have mentioned here and that the uh, kind of the opportunity that is before us, because what has been kind of the fog or the haze we've had to deal with, the outright chaotic storm we've had to, to deal with, the din, it's the noise, it's the 
cacophony of all this stuff out there. And listening, I think, helps us to cut through some of that and get through the don't get through the chaos and to come through to a place where you can have creation out of the chaos. I'm just wondering if you're seeing you mentioned that that's going on here. What are some encouraging signs you see that even in the midst of all this chaos, I mean, the COVID and the disruptions in the church and politics and racism, war in Ukraine, the whole bit, violence, out of these processes here, what are you seeing are some encouraging signs that we're going to get some another, we're going to cut through this and listen to the still voice of God and to come through it? Wow, that's a great question. And one of the signs I see is that people are still answering the call to ministry. Hardly a week goes by where I don't get word of someone answering a call to ministry. Sometimes these are persons who've been in one career and feel like God is calling them to a deeper level of service in the Christian movement to advance the cause of Christ. Just a few days ago, we had a gathering of clergy at St. Luke's Church in Indianapolis. And and one of the clergy couples said, we're looking forward, Bishop, to you baptizing our second child at annual conference. Congregations are back again, Brad, baptizing babies and young people and adults. And persons are still responding, as we should to, to creating a welcome for, for not only Afghan refugees, but soon, as we are told now, refugees who will even be coming to Indiana from Ukraine. So, so God bless the church that we are faithful to our general rules of doing no harm, doing as much good as we can, and staying in love with God. God is able. God is able. Amen to to that. And that is, I I just love to hear that because, you know, it's easy. I'll just kind of speak for myself. It's easy to get cynical and a little jaded by what is going on. You know, it's easy to get a little defeated at at times or even depressed, whatever analogy or whatever terminology we, we, we want to use. When you're telling me that there are still people, young people and middle-aged people and other folks, second career and so on, are stepping forward and say, okay, I'm going to jump into the fray. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, people who have cleaned up after a tornado, which I was involved with one time yes. several years ago and helping with that process and how got to be right now, people were either helping out in Poland and Ukraine with the terrible tragedy going on there. Let, let me ask you one more thing here about how this is going to lead us forward. What's the difference does all this listening make now and all the things we're talking about now, getting through the crisis, but does it have implications kind of long-term for strategy or for policy, you know, things like this moving forward, how we can then set the framework up for growth and for creation? Mm. That's an uh, excellent question. I think that we should not just listen in times of crisis, but we should build into our modus operandum the opportunity for us to pause almost every single day. And Lent is a great time to do that. I know we're approaching now the the, the uh, Holy Week. This is a great time for us to really re- do some self-reflection and say, okay, God, what is your assignment for us in this particular moment in history? In this particular moment, we are living in a particular moment in history. I think, for example, we've crossed the divide whether we recognize that diversity is something that we not only have to deal with, but we have to make a choice of whether we will celebrate it or whether we will fear it. Uh, and I think this is a point of time in which can, when we can listen to that. I think we really have to listen to whether or not 
servant leadership is something that we can embrace, not autocratic leadership, some of which we see in demonstrated on the global stage. But what does it mean for us as followers of Jesus Christ to really embody servant leadership? That only can happen, I believe, if we take it fully, full advantage of the gift of listening. Sometimes I sit, sometimes I sit out in the back of the back porch of our of our home, uh, the back deck there, and, and just some of the best times I have, Brad, are, are having some sweet tea or lemonade, <laughs> and just and just and just listening because the bird we have, there are big trees. All our neighbors and all have big trees. Just listening to the to the birds, it's almost like they're put put doing a concert just for me. And, and it's amazing how the presence of the holy can come through when we find time for for the listening. And then I'm not as, I'm not as afraid because, quite frankly, I like like most people over these last couple of years, there have been times where I've been so anxious. I can literally feel my blood pressure r- rising uh, and often it's about things that I really can't do anything about in any immediate sense of the word. So uh, I. One of the things is having conversations, even like now, uh, there are people who are li- who are listening to this podcast, and, and they need to know, Brad, that that God cares about the details. I never forget is that at a, a church I serve, Aldersgate, the last church I served before being elected a bishop. Uh, people were leaving, and you know, you shake their hands, and people say, "How are you doing? How are you?" Everybody said, "Fine." One lady said, "Pastor, I'm doing fine if you don't ask for details." <laughs> there you go. And she you said, go. you don't have time to hear all of my, there are people waiting to shake your hand. And, and I thought I thought about that and reflected. That's how we all feel. Uh, there have been days when you, when you ask me, Brad, how you doing, Bishop? And I'll say, Brad, I'm doing fine. But I really want to say, I'm doing fine right now, Brad, if you don't ask for details. Because I'm praying for my daughter, I'm concerned about my grandchild, or, or uh, I'm traveling overseas, or or we don't have we don't have pastors for all the churches, and I feel obligated as a bishop to help every congregation get the appropriate leadership in place. So uh, then, then somehow at the end, at the end, God works it all out, and I believe that's true for for most of us. God will God will work it out. God will work it out. God will work it out. But I just want to ask you one more question, then I want you to give us final comments and then pray us out. We're talking a lot about the folks who came forward to be heard and about what we are experiencing, our anxieties. But I would like for you to comment about the folks who were not listened to. What I mean by that, the folks who weren't at these meetings, you know, the folks who we are not properly listening to, the people who fall through the cracks in our society. What do we need to listen for? Or, and how do maybe in some ways do we need to go to those folks hmm. to listen to them instead of waiting to come to a Zoom call or a church meeting? Well, I, have to, I think we have to find every mechanism we can to, to in the words of Pope Francis, to give the church away. Uh, hmm. And 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 to, as, as, uh, as the discipleship ministries, under the leadership of the late Reverend Junius Dotson, and we really embraced it in Indiana. We really have to see all the people. Uh, yes. See, and all the people, we can't see all the people if we just wait for them to come to us, come to our Sunday service, or come to our call meeting, or our invitation to a webinar. We've got to see all the people. Just as uh, the other day, we were at a restaurant and talking to the uh, talking to the server. 
who is from Winnemac. You know where Winnemac? I do. Yeah, I do know where Winnemac is. And she wasn't United Methodist, but to hear her mention a place where we have United Methodist Church, and it's not uncommon for me to say that when I'm at her. So I said, "Oh, I know. I happen to know where the, where you're from." Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I think we really have to pay attention to seeing all the people, and and recognizing that we can't do everything, and God does not expect us to do everything, but sh- for, for sure we can do something. Yeah, we little, can do something. And the, yeah, and the little something we do really does matter. It, it does. really does matter. It does. Well, this has been a, a fascinating conversation here today, Bishop. And I just, you know, the, the theme of our podcast that you do, that your podcast that we have together is to be encouraged. And I want to say it's an encouraging thing that you took the time that you you made yourself available to be a, a good listener, because that's not always easy to do because with the listening comes you know, some good stuff, some flowers, but also some slings and arrows sometimes. I get that. God is still but, working with me. That's right. But I, I just want to leave you with anything. I ask you to share any final thoughts you have that are encouraging to you, your encouraging word of the day, and then pray us out, if you will. Most certainly. I want to share, this is uh, the serenity prayer attributed to theologian Reinhold Niebuhr. It's been adapted at different points along the way, but I do want to make sure I give uh, attribution to Reinhold Niebuhr. God give us the grace to accept with Serenity, the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right. If I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next life. May God bless all who hear this podcast, all who walk the journey of life. May God bless the people of Ukraine and those who suffer in places of war and disruption, those who have been uh, removed from their homes and are seeking refuge all across the globe. Oh, God, we ask that you bless us as we draw closer to you coming this Easter. Make us be the symbols of love that matter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and we thank you for joining us today on the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. Be encouraged. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E. E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D dot com or connect through Apple Podcast where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and never forget, God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it.